Okay. I am happy. Because the sun will be shining. And you guys will be there. Okay, so if you have your Bibles with you, please turn, take them out and turn to the book of Philippians that we have been going through. And uh, we will continue our study of this wonderful book. And um, Philippians chapter 1, and today the verse we will be looking at is verse 18. Philippians 1, verse 18. And uh, this is what it says. Philippians 1, verse 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or truth, or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes, and will rejoice. Father, may you be pleased to receive glory as we look at your word this morning. In Jesus' name. So, here verse 18, um, up until this point we've been looking at the, the, the motives that these Christians um, had as they were preaching the good news, the gospel of, of, of Christ. Paul is writing, remember he's in prison, and uh, he's writing to encourage the Philippian church. This is quite unique, that he is in prison, he is in bondage, he is bound, yet he is writing to encourage those who are not bound physically, those who are in a um, church setting. And so we have seen from verse 15, there have been different motives that these people have been preaching Jesus. And the question we kind of try to understand is why? Why would these Christians... Remember, they're Christians. They're not uh, just uh, fake people who are just uh, latching onto this word. Uh, they want to make money, whatever the case. They are Christians. They are saved. They are going to heaven. They will be with Christ when they uh, leave this earth. And so the question we are asking is why? Why did these people preach Christ? Why? Why would these people do a noble task like preaching the word of God with such a variety of different motives? From motives of envy and strife to selfish ambition and love and goodwill all in between. It's quite something. You're preaching the word of God, a good noble task. You're doing this. Um, to proclaim Jesus from a place of selfishness, a place of strife, a place of envy. And then in between that, the other people were doing, still Christians were preaching from a place of goodwill and love. Goodwill and, lo and love. Or in between, bad and good. But remember, they are preaching Christ. So we arrive at verse 18. And verse 18 is a conclusion of this paragraph about uh, motives. But as Paul concludes this uh, paragraph, he adds two more. He announces two more motives. He says, in pretense or truth. And he starts off by this, saying this. He says, what then? What then? You can imagine he's in prison, as I said. He's confined. He's got the, the, the 
the gods, they lead gods around him, but then he's writing to those who are free, the, the church that he planted in Philippi. And so he's encouraging them because they were a little bit despondent because he's in prison. The leader is in prison and uh, they're left alone to some, to some degree. The man Paul wasn't there, but thank goodness that Jesus Christ himself was there through others. And so he's writing, uh, and, and so he starts off by saying, what then? What then? What? I can, I can just see him writing to these guys, okay? So these guys are preaching out of different motives. What then? What does it mean? What, what follows from this, from this place? What effect does it have on my mind as Paul writing to you? What effect does it have on you, the church, as you hear that these people are preaching out of a place of goodwill, selfishness, strife, envy, and love? What, what effect does it have on your mind? Does the fact that these people are preaching from a spirit of envy and contention give you, the church, pain? Give me, Paul, the pain in prison. What does it do to my heart? What does it do to my soul? In our modern-day context, we, we would probably say, not, we would start off this verse by saying, not what then, we would probably say, so what? So what? The preach is happening. Jesus Christ is being proclaimed. So what? We would say. So Paul starts off by saying that. And uh, so he, he almost gets our minds to the right place. Okay, so the, pre, the, 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 the gospel is going out. Jesus has been preached. He's been proclaimed. We rejoice at that. And so he asks himself and he asks the church, us this morning, so what? So what if guys are preaching from a motive that is not right and a motive that is right? And then he goes on to, and uh, continues and he says, only that in every way, only, so he starts off, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this, he says, I rejoice. Yes, and will rejoice. Just re picture him in prison, writing um, this encouragement to the church. It's quite unique. I, as I've said before, I don't think I would be very encouraged, encouraging from a place of, uh, of being in bondage like he was. But as I said, as we yield to the Holy Spirit, so he allows us and helps us to be encouraging to others. Others who are, who are maybe better off than us in circumstances, whatever the case might be, we are able to be encouraging to them because of Christ. So Paul continues, he says, only that in every way. See, Paul did not care much about form or method. His heart was to ensure um, that the gospel was elevated. Remember, the gospel is good news. He's writing to the church, people who are saved, people who, are, uh, who know Christ, people who believe in Christ. And so he's encouraging them. And his purpose, his heart was to elevate this gospel regardless of what's happening, to elevate the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is good news. And we know that the world needs good news this, uh, today, this morning. Every day the world needs good news. We look around us. We look at the news. The world needs good news. Paul did not concern himself even with the motives as long as Christ was preached. How's that? As long as Christ was preached, 
he was not concerned about people's motives. As I said, maybe two weeks ago, it's funny because in uh, Galatians there, people were preaching the word. But there he calls down fire. He calls curses upon these preachers. And in Philippians, he, people are still preaching Christ, but he doesn't call down curses. He actually celebrates and he rejoices that the word of God is, is preached. And I made the statement that the reason for that is because in uh, Galatians, they were distorting the gospel. They were not preaching the true gospel. And so Paul had a problem with that. If you distort the gospel, ah, you will hear of Paul's heart. He, you will hear of his wrath upon you because you are distorting the gospel. In Philippians, they were not distorting the gospel. They were actually preaching the truth, the gospel. Even though they were preaching it from a place of different motives. It's funny that God can even use carnality or the selfish ambition, the, 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 uh, the, the mortal man, the, the selfishness, the fleshly uh, self. God can use that to advance the gospel. He continues and says, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. Christ is preached. See, pretense here means to cover the real motive and present others with a false idea. So it's a cover-up. You're pretending to be someone or, or presenting yourself as someone who you are not. It's a cover-up. This is an attempt to disguise the truth. So this is the truth, but I'll come to you with this as a pretense. This appeals to you. Actually, I know why I'm doing this, because I want this. It's a disguise. These Christians used Christ as a cover-up for their lust for power and selfish ambition. That's a hard statement. For you and I to use Christ as a cover-up for our own selfish desires. For our own selfish lust of power. Maybe a desire for fame will preach the word of God. So we can be famous. So these things can be given to us. So we can be seen as we are it. That's a very, very hard statement. But Paul did not condone the cunning ways. It's funny, he's in prison and he's aware of all these things. He's aware that... Um, uh, this is happening out in the open in Rome. Uh, he's aware that some people are preaching the, the gospel. And he is aware that some are uh, having different motives. I wonder whether it was the church who told him what was going on or whether it was the Spirit of God who revealed these things to him. I, I do not know. But I know that Paul spent time with God. And uh, I can imagine God did reveal things to him. The fact that he can be so cheerful in this state cannot be because he has been encouraged. Part of it is because he has been encouraged by the church. But I think the large part of it is because Christ himself, through the Holy Spirit, revealed these things to him. See, Paul did, did not condone the way that these guys were doing what they were doing, their cunning ways. However, he did approve of their preaching the gospel because these people believe, believed in the gospel and actually loved the gospel. Christ was preached, notwithstanding their motives. 
they were preaching the gospel. I'm hoping that you can get the idea that they were preaching the gospel. The the big idea here is actually, regardless of the different motives, good, bad, they were preaching the gospel. So, if you guys were preaching the gospel and your motives are whatever they look like, I would be happy. And I, I hope that if I'm preaching the gospel and my motive is whatever the case might be, that you would be happy that I'm preaching the gospel like Paul. But you cannot be happy... If Christ is not helping you to be happy, because let's be real, let's be honest, it's a very hard thing for me to be happy for you if Christ is not helping me to be happy for you. Because my selfish ambition, my selfish way wants you to be down and me to be elevated. It's human nature. But as we yield to him who gives us life, He's able to help us to celebrate that the gospel, the truth is going out. See, Paul had a single eye for his purpose. Remember he said earlier on that he is appointed here on earth to advance the gospel, to preach the gospel so that the gospel can advance. And I asked, or we asked the question that whilst he's in prison, it seems as though in prison there's no way that the gospel will go forward. The gospel would be, um, um, would be limited. But actually, even within the prison, they got allowed him to preach the gospel. And these elite group of soldiers who were guarding him were uh, subject to him preaching the word. And some were saved. And out of that, the gospel started to spread. That was his purpose. He was appointed on earth to spread the good news. See, the salvation of souls was more important to him than some perceived rivalry that is out in the world. Those guys are preaching out of this motive. It doesn't matter. These guys are preaching out of that motive. It doesn't matter. I'm here in prison. It doesn't matter. Actually, the gospel is going. The truth is being spread. The truth is being spread. I can, I can just imagine that Paul uh, probably reasoned while he was writing this, while he was in prison, He reasoned that the fact that the name of the Redeemer was announced and that man had a savior through the preaching of the gospel through these guys, whatever their motives were. And Paul was happy because it was announced that there was a Redeemer, that there was a savior. He was proclaimed and he probably thought the announcement of the fact that there was a savior to a lost and dying world was good enough because they gave opportunity for God to be glorified, for Jesus to do what he needs to do, for those who are lost to be found again. He probably reasoned and said, if that didn't happen, if these people didn't preach because of their motives, what are the chances that others will get saved? What were the chances that others would get saved? That's why he celebrated. Why? Because Christ was preached. And then he goes on to say, whether in pretense or in truth, truth is to preach without false motivation in this context. What you see is what you get. A person whose motive and message are the same is a person with integrity. And oh, how much we need people with integrity in this world today. 
not just the world at large, even within our own circles. How much we need people who speak the truth. This is a person who has no ulterior motives. This is a person whose word is his or her bond. In other words, their yes means yes. And their no means no. This is a person you do not need to wonder. If they say yes, it is yes. If they say no, it is no. If they say they will do, they will. If they say they won't do, they won't do it. You don't have to wonder. Do I? Am I in? Am I out? What do they think of me? What do they say of me? No, no. That you will know exactly what they think of you and what they say of you. Out of a place of love. He continues in this verse and he says, And in this I rejoice. Yes, and will rejoice. Another translation says it this way. And because of this I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. I will continue to rejoice. I'm in prison. I'm writing to encourage a church that is, is not in prison. There's not bound. But I will still rejoice at the fact that I might be in prison. But Jesus Christ has preached. It says, I rejoice. That is a present tense. It's, it's happening now. It's not I will rejoice or I have rejoiced. Now I've been thrown in prison so I'm, I'm a little bit down. No, no, I'll continue rejoicing. While I sit in jail, I am rejoicing over the fact that Jesus Christ has preached. And then he says, we'll continue to rejoice. This indicates his purpose to continue to rejoice no matter what may come his way. And I wonder how many of us act like that or have that thought in our minds. Whether the, the boss is giving you a hard time or this is happening or that is happening. Um, I will continue to rejoice. The fact that I am saved, the fact that I'm still alive, the fact that I've been given opportunity every day to proclaim Christ. See, Paul's point was that the people who were trying to hurt him were actually contributing to his joy. Paul had such a deep appreciation for the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross that nothing could alter his focus. Christ's death upon the cross, his, his resurrection, ascension and glorification were so dominant in his thinking that nothing else daunted him. Lord, give me that spirit. Give me that um, way of life, way of thinking, that nothing will daunt me. Nothing will cause me to be so frustrated and so um, self-centered that I am looking at others. But actually, I would celebrate what's happening. Now, give me that viewpoint that you have. I am, I, I am here. I don't see the bigger picture, but you do. Give me your viewpoint. I didn't ask for all these things. I didn't ask to be thrown into this situation. I didn't ask to be thrown into prison. But God, you've allowed this to be. Give me the viewpoint of what you're doing. See, Paul was glad that um, good came out of this whole situation. Are you glad that whatever situation we, we are thrown 
at that, that good will come out of it. See, Paul chose to see the good in the situation. In prison, he chose to see the good, that he got the opportunity to preach to the gods. He looked at what was happening outside. Christ was still being preached with different motives. He didn't focus on the wrong motives. Oh, Devin is preaching the word of God, but he's a selfish man and he wants to get this and he wants to get that. Oh, no. He looked at Devin and says, Devin is still preaching the word of God. Still preaching the word. And for that I celebrate. For that I, am, I, I rejoice. Notwithstanding the motive, but I rejoice. Because why? God, Jesus Christ himself is being proclaimed. Paul chose to see the good in the situation. He did not let these backsliding Christians worry him too much. He said, so what? What then? They didn't worry him too much in that regard. He just left them to God. He left these people to God. Now, I need help with that. To leave things to God and not to try and take things on myself the whole time. Because when I try to take things on myself in my own energy, my own power, I mess it up. I often mess it up and I cause more, more chaos. From a place of thinking I'm doing good, but actually I'm doing worse. And uh, see, he left them to God. This was probably a wise thing to do. And uh, the fact that he was in prison actually didn't have a choice. <laughs> he couldn't go out into Rome, into the churches, into these, and start challenging these people. Saying, hey man, how can you sort yourself out and then preach the, the, the gospel? He left them to God. It was probably a wise thing to do. Because actually, the, the, the opposite would be worse. He could be then um, praying that they would be sorted out. But he prays God to use them. Use their um, carnal self to glorify your, your name. Use them, God, to elevate the gospel. That those who do not know you may get, yet get a chance to hear of your goodness. As long as these people were preaching the true message about Jesus, he did not worry very much why they were preaching. He did not get resentful or vindictive. He has confidence in God's overruling all events for the progress of his kingdom. Now, it is, it is one thing to have that viewpoint and it is another thing to have the opposite viewpoint. The opposite viewpoint says, I see that the guys are preaching. I see that um, they have fame. I see that they have more money. I see all those things. And I celebrate the fact that they are preaching the word of God. But it's another thing to lie to yourself. To lie to others and say, I celebrate what they're doing. But deep down inside, you don't celebrate. Deep down inside, you are actually wanting for them to go down so that because they, they are getting more more than you are. They have been recognized more than you are. They have been approved more than you are. 
Paul, because he yielded to the Holy Spirit continually, and he probably had more time in prison, but he chose—he still chose to yield to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helped him to become one who celebrates in truth of, about what was going on. Because he yields to the Holy Spirit, he was able to have a different viewpoint, a God viewpoint of life, of life at large. See, God turns cursing into blessing in this situation. Paul's foes were out to compete with him, to diminish him. Instead, he was blessed. Now, I make this statement. Instead, he was blessed. Think about it. How was he blessed? He's still in prison. He's still locked. Like he's got no, but he was blessed. How was he blessed? How was he blessed? I want you to think about that for a second. There were people who were preaching and they were actually wanting to rub um, salt on his moon. You're in prison, Paul. We are free. We get the chance to preach. Look at our church. Look at what's happening. Uh, and look at you. Your preaching is not bearing fruit as our preaching is. You know, ours is bearing more fruit than yours. Uh, but actually, in, in prison, these people would have never had a chance to be preached to unless Paul was there. So I leave us with these questions to consider from this passage of scripture. Number one, are the people who are attempting to make your life miserable succeeding? The people who are attempting to make Paul's life miserable because they are announcing, look what's happening, we are free, we are preaching. And that would make, if he was soft, if he was introspective, that would make him miserable. Because I am not feeling, I'm not seeing, I'm not, I can hear and see and what's happening there. With those people making his life miserable, today I ask you the same question. Are the people in your life or around your life attempting to make your life miserable, are they succeeding? Are they succeeding? Number two, are these people controlling your happiness or unhappiness? The situations that in, in Paul's day in Rome could have controlled Paul's happiness or lack of happiness because of what was going on. He could have been affected. I'm either happy because of what was going on or I'm unhappy because of what was going on. So the people around you in your life, these people who are attempting to make your life miserable, are they controlling your happiness or your unhappiness? Is your boss controlling your happiness or your unhappiness? <laughs> the bank's controlling your happiness or your unhappiness. What is controlling your happiness? Or what is causing your unhappiness? Paul had a choice to make. 
He could have been one who was very introspective, very unhappy because of the situation. Woe is me. I am in prison. But he chose to be happy. Why? Because he was yielded to God the Holy Spirit. And then number three, is it possible for you to be independent of your antagonists? Those who are against you. Those who are against you directly and those who are against you indirectly. Those who are out to get you and those who are out to get you but not knowing that they are out to get you. Paul was. Paul did not concern himself with their motives. And that is why cursing was turned into blessing in his life. That's why he's so, that his overview of life was a little bit different to what I would imagine our overview of life is. All these things are happening to us, to me, I would imagine my perspective would be a little bit different. So are the people who are attempting to make your life miserable succeeding? Are they controlling your happiness or unhappiness? Can you be independent of them? Can you choose to see your current situation from a God's viewpoint, from a God's eye point, like an eagle's eye viewpoint? Can you choose to do that? And when you do, and of course you cannot do it in your own energy, you cannot do it in your own strength, you have to be yielding to the Holy Spirit. And once you do, like Paul, the cursing and the, 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 the negative stuff that was kind of geared to cause him misery, the cursing will turn into blessing for your life today and going forward. Can I ask us to close our eyes? I'm going to pray. Father, by your Spirit, I ask this morning, as we have looked at this text, that you would help us, God, not to allow external circumstances to rob us of internal happiness, that which you have given to us. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us to be able to yield to you daily so that our lives can be found pleasing to you. And as we bring glory to your name, we will be blessed. We would be blessed. Father, I pray for those who are out to cause misery in our lives. I pray, God, that you would turn their hearts toward you. In Jesus' name. We know that this is impossible. This Christian life is impossible if we do it, try to do it by ourselves. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us all to yield to you. And as we do that, God, we will give you glory that's due to your name.
In Jesus' mighty and strong name I pray. Amen.